Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I'm your host, Austin, and I'm excited to dive into this conversation that we're going to talk about today. And we have two people on the mic. We have Pastor Rick back with us. Took an episode off, but you're back, man. How are you doing? Very good. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I, mean, I think I'm not supposed to use the name of the missionaries we had on, right? Uh, TJ, our producer, is looking at me going, please don't make work for me. But, uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad to take an episode off if we could have them on. So that's awesome. I, I'm glad I was off for that. Yeah. And then we have with us on the other mic, and it's been, it's been a little bit since we've had her with us, but we have Shannon with us. How are you doing, Shannon? I'm well. It's fun yeah. to be back. I enjoy yeah. this. So. Hottest guest we ever have on. I'm just going on record there. I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> no, you're you can, not. your wife, so. <laughs> yeah, I think you can say that, but no one else can. Yeah. Well, we are excited to have you, and I'm excited to have both of you talk about this, because I think it's a conversation that our listeners will enjoy. And I want to set it up this way. There's, uh, if you've watched Parks and Rec, have you guys watched Parks and Rec? Uh, a couple a little episodes. Bit. I never yeah. got into it. More of an office guy. I know you guys love yeah, the office, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but on Parks and Rec, and if you're listening and if you watched it, you might know what's coming, but there's a phrase that they say in that show a lot, and it's treat yourself. So it's all about treating yourself, doing what you can to make yourself happy. And that's really what we're going to talk about in this episode is the whole self-care. Uh, in our culture, we have a big idea of, man, just treat yourself. Like, do what makes you happy. Just take care of yourself. And sometimes that's uh, good and bad, and we're going to dive into that. So uh, let's just start with this. I mean, get, tell me, why are we te- talking about it? So why are we taking an episode to talk about this idea of self-care? Hmm. Well, it was not only a buzzword like treat yourself in Parks and Rec, but it's a buzzword right now in society, wouldn't you say, Shan? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the data even bears it out. I think the, there was a study done in 2018 that um, basically they discovered that Americans spend about $200 a month on, the, on self-care, like oh. taking care of themselves. And so it's not only a buzzword in our society, but we're we're doing it. We're, we're making sure we spend money on ourselves. And you'll even see it, I think, on social media. So it, even if the word self-care is not used, various memes, you know, I, I could go way back to, you deserve a break today. Wasn't that a McDonald's commercial back in the day or yeah, something yeah. like that? So, uh, but those kind of phrasings, take care of yourself, all that. So you'll see that very prominently on social media, even if it doesn't use the word self-care. So it's a buzzword in our society. So I think under your leadership of the podcast, Austin, you said, hey, what if we talk about that? Yeah. And so so why would, so I think, I think that gives us a sense of why we're talking about it. Now, you guys mentioned a few times it's a buzzword in our society. So, so what would you guys say, why is that? Why is it such a buzzword that we see on social media or that we use kind of in conversation? I think one of the reasons is because people are feeling burnt out. Like, I think they are legitimately feeling like, I need a break. I need to rest. I need to treat myself, uh, especially if they're, uh, you know, the way that Americans work, sometimes we, we work with no margin. And so I think people are feeling that. And so I think they're responding to it by saying, how can I be- take better care of myself? And no margin is a great phrase. A lot of people won't, might not be familiar with how we're using that. If you think about a sheet of paper with text on it, 
there's margin at the sides, blank space, and that gives you some flex, some, some cushion in there. But if you put the text right out to the edge of the paper, that feels gross to us. But your point, Shannon, is that's how we live, with no margin, text right out to the edge of the paper, right? Right, mm. yeah. And some of that's the idolization of busy in our culture. Uh, if you think about how it's really cool to go on social media and brag about how busy you are. Mm-hmm. And, and you get pats on the back for that. You feel good about that. So there's an idolization of busy. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah, and I think I think there's an idolization of it, and uh, just a, a a lack of ability because of the constant noise in our culture to even know how to take a breath. And so we think, oh well, it mu- I must need to go shopping, or I must need to uh, go to a spa or something because we don't know how to just live that way more healthfully. Yeah, and Austin, I'd kick in that the idolization of busy is often built upon other idols that we have. So we have the idol of having perfect kids or being perfect parents or having a perfect house, perfect body, perfect career, perfect portfolio, meaning wealth, building wealth, all that stuff. And so I have to be, and, and I, so I don't have time for rest. I don't have time for self-care. These things control me, run me. And so I must be busy. Uh, and so the difficulty with that, of course, is that your idols, they, they don't love you. <laughs> your yeah. idols don't love you. And so maybe you're getting burnt out uh, because you are serving idols that you don't even know about that are compelling you in your life. Hmm. Yeah, so, so maybe before we keep moving any longer, um, maybe this is a good place to kind of stop and say, let's, what's the definition of self-care just hmm. before we kind of keep diving in this conversation? Like, what do we mean when we say that word? Well, Shan, we, we in part wanted you on here because we're somewhat dipping into an area of passion and expertise of yours. So yeah. batter up, girl. Yeah. So uh, I, think, I think kind of the typical definition for it would be something like being mindful of your own limits. So you know you have limits and needs. And then you want to ensure, because of those limits, you want to ensure your own physical, emotional, and mental well-being. And so you're, you're going to take care of yourself to make sure those needs are met. All right. So give me that again. <laughs> so that's a good, that's like a, a, that's a loaded summar, definition. Put, like summarize that. Give me a nutshell on that. Um, I don't know how to make it shorter. Like, you know, you have needs and limitations and so you're taking care of yourself. Perfect. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a great definition. So, so what areas? By the way, thanks for dumbing yeah. it down for yeah. your husband. <laughs> well, it was, it was like halfway through it. I'm like, that's a that's a long definition. Uh, so, so what areas would that impact then? I mean, that's a great, I think, working definition that we can all get behind. But, but where does that kind of show up, and what areas of our life will that um, kind of touch? Yeah, sure. I think uh, prioritizing me time, like that's become a, a phrase, typical phrase. Me, I need some me time. Um, it could be things like working out and eating healthy. Uh, it could be investing in a hobby, like this is how I want to spend my time. It could be an escape of some kind um, where you're getting away, or it could be pampering yourself. So some things could be big, like like I need a, a long vacation. <laughs> Other things could be day-to-day, I need, I need a 15-minute walk or whatever. So it ranges to a lot of different things in between. Nice. You know, I was re- listening recently to a, another podcast 
Uh, Craig Rochelle has a pretty good leadership podcast you guys know I listen to. He had on there Dr. John, John Townsend, and they were talking about relationships in your lives. And so drains versus gains. Is a, so there are relationships that drain you and are relationships that gain, and they, they add value to your life and um, fill you up. And, and so even that was an idea of self-care, that you got to be careful that you don't have too many relationships that are sucking you dry and not many that are pouring into you. And the point was, in part, there was a nod towards pastors to say, hey, pastors, uh, your profession is one where you are surrounded with drains and have very few, if any, gains mm-hmm. relationally. And so even looking at the relationships in your life can be an issue of self-care. Mm-hmm. Not that we don't pour into others, but we make sure that we're not just being sucked dry. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what could go wrong with this? So we live in a fallen world, uh, and we know on this side of heaven things are bad. Uh, there's some good things going on, but obviously we know sin is still here. And so what, what could go wrong and what could I guess be bad about this self-care thing we're talking about? Yeah, I think it's a good question. Cause in some ways, a lot of the things we just listed, it's like, well, those seem like good practices. Like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like we would all say, take your vacation time or, you know, so I think it's a good question to look at, okay, how has it gone poorly in our culture? Right. And the potential liability here is selfishness. So whenever we hear a phrase like me time, now I get I'm going to step on some toes because a lot of people love that. I need my me time. And I'm going to say that on social media. I, I need my me time. Uh, as believers, when I, when I hear the phrase me time, I, a little radar goes off for me. You know, like, are we talking about selfishness? Now, I don't think we wholly are. We're, we're going to get into that here in a bit. But your question, Austin, is what could go wrong here? What could be bad about it? Well, if we're not careful, we're swinging the pe- pendulum. And in a society uh, that is given over towards selfishness and a society that's given over towards hedonism, <laughs> a message of hedonistic selfishness, that's a great message. Like, everybody loves that. But that's, I think there's a little bit we ought to pump the brakes as believers. Yeah, and I think we're, I think to some degree we're, we're kind of selfish by nature. Like sometimes, right what's that? Right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, even sometimes when we, um, even when we're, you know, uh, burning ourselves out for other people, quote unquote, a lot of times it's actually for us. And so we are a little bit selfish by nature, so... You know, I think there's a little bit of suspicion sometimes when when we're we're clanging the me time bell if we're not careful. Right on. I like that clanging the me time yeah, me good. time <laughs> bell. That's good. Now we're saying there's a real issue here in our society of burnout and of idolatry, and so there's a need for self care. Absolutely, but we just need to. Okay, wait a minute. We could approach it. If we just write a blank check to the world to tell us how to live, something's a little bit cautious there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that sets up the next question well. I mean, so, so we know it's a problem, uh, but, you know, we, like you kind of said, Shane, we swung the pendulum too far almost. But so as Christians, where do we find the balance? Like, there is burnout. There is idolatry. So what do we do as Christians? Like, should we practice self-care? And if we do, how does that look as a believer? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So one of the things I think we do, I mean, we've talked about idolatry already, and so one, I think one of the best self-care things is to address the idols. 
And sometimes it's a process of discovery. You got to discover the idols in your life, repent of them and move away from them because your idols don't love you. And so if you want to love yourself, hence self-care, you want to get rid of the idols that do not love you and actually destroy your life. So part of it is addressing idols. Yeah, I think too, sometimes it's looking at the difference between what is self-care and what is selfishness. Amen. And so like, I think uh, selfishness would would mean that I'm the goal. This is my kingdom. I'm setting up my world and I need a break because I want a break for my kingdom. As opposed to if we're, if we're laying, I mean, the model in scripture is Jesus said, you know, lay down your life like I lay down my life. And so if we're laying down our lives, then we need to be wise in how we do that because we're not Jesus, so we can't live with no limitations like right. he did. But I think there is there is also just that, like, okay, why am I doing that? Am I doing that for myself or am I doing that because I just want to keep keep moving forward in his ministry? Well, and that's the thing. So the scriptures say... Die to self. Lose your life and you'll find it. Take up your cross and follow me. This doesn't sound like self-care. <laughs> you know, this, this sounds like death to self. And yet, uh, at the same time, we got to realize that we're in a marathon, not a sprint. And so if I'm sprinting in a marathon, I'm, I'm not going to make it. Or I saw on social media recently a, a meme that said, you, uh, well, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. So that's self-care, right? Like you got to fill yourself. But notice something. The goal is not to fill you. The goal is to be able to pour out. Now, if you run dry, you can't pour out. But the goal is to be not just a dead end, but a through street. But you have to do practice self-care. Or uh, another uh, illustration I've used before is when you're on the plane before it takes off and they go through all the safety regulations and the... Uh, Flight attendant, I almost said stewardess, smack me. Um, the flight attendant uh, stands up there and says, hey, in, in the event that the cabin loses pressure, uh, these oxygen masks will drop from the ceiling. And remember, they always say, if you're traveling with a young child, make sure you put the mask on yourself first and then on your, your young child. Why? Because what will happen is, as you're trying to put the mask on the child, you pass out from lack of oxygen. Now neither you nor your child gets the mask. The point is not to give yourself oxygen. The point is to give your child oxygen, but if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your child. So there it is. The goal is not you. The goal is something bigger than you, but you need to take care of you so that you're in the race. You get that? You know? So... That's what you were saying, right? Yeah, right. And I think there's an element as far as for us as believers looking at it where we can acknowledge it because we know we need to take care of ourselves to some degree because we ha we are limited beings. We do need to sleep at night and Absolutely. we do need to take a break and eat. And um, I can remember back in my college days when I was first starting to learn like the concept of like living my life for Christ and being pumped about that, wondering like, well, is it okay for me to have any hobbies or should I just be sharing my faith all the time and doing, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, and that was 24, seven, three, or you're a horrible Christian. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I, I, I did kind of have that like fear of, 
but that was that was unhealthy in another kind of way where I'm like, mm. I think it's all about me taking care of everybody else when that's not the truth. Jesus is the one who needs to take care of people, right including on. me. And so, Austin, there becomes a slight difference, but very, very important. Like, you take care of you for you. That's a lot of worldly self-care. And the end, fo- you're the focus, you're the goal, you're the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, that versus you, you take care of you for Jesus and for his mission. Now, you're not the focus, you're not the end, but it involves taking care of you. Absolutely, you need that. Hmm. Yeah. And so, so I think that's a great way to, to talk about that. I mean, that's how we as Christians should um, approach it. But some of that, I think you're hitting at already. But so where do we find some of this in the Bible? I think things that you guys shared are obviously biblical, but uh, where do we find maybe some specific things in the Bible that could be tied into this self-care and how we should approach it as believers. Sure. I think it's impossible to address that question without talking about Sabbath. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think if you look through the Bible, you're not going to find the phrase self-care. I think that's a modern phrase that we've come up with. But I think what you will find really consistently is the idea that that there are rhythms and that we have a need for rest. And and God illustrated that right out of the gates in Genesis when he, who he, though he did not have a need for rest, he was giving us an example of hmm. you work six days and then you take a seventh day for rest. And um, and it's an acknowledgement to what, what we were talking about a few minutes ago that he is God and I am not. I do not need to be the one going, going, going because I do have limitations. And so there's an expression there of, of faith and acknowledging him and resting in. He's, he will care for me and I can, I can give that over to him. And so I think rest is a, is a big nod towards a kind of self-care. Yeah. In fact, God gives hints of that throughout the scripture. So not only do we need rest, but like the land needs rest. Right, so the pr- the practice in farming of leaving some ground fallow, which means you didn't farm it that year, but what would happen over time if you practice that is the land was actually more fruitful over the long haul. So again, the goal was not to let the land rest; the goal was fruitfulness. But the best way to get there was there were rhythms of rest. And I think God gave that to us in the scriptures as an example to us again, that listen, people, you have to take your rest so that you can be more fruitful. And again, you're not the end goal, but that is the best means. So Sabbath. And of course, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And there's a great quote we love. Yeah, he said in Matthew 11, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think that's just such a powerful statement that he is he's saying, listen, I will, I will care for you. I love you. I will, I will shoulder the burden with you, and you can trust me with that. It's such a great passage in a burnout society mm-hmm. that is looking in some ways at me time and secular self-care type thing, but to go, man, there's Jesus saying, come to me, you're heavy laden, your heart's weighed down, you're frantic, you're busy, you're plagued by idols, come to me, I will give you more work to do. 
I will give you guilt. No, I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wants for us. And he practiced it himself. I mean, if you look at his life, he pulled away from the crowds at times to take a break. Or he would get up early in the morning to go spend time with his father. Mm -hmm. and, and so he, in Luke, it says that he withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And even with his disciples, like he cared for them. Like there was a time when um, he was burdened, he realized that they were being overworked. They were kind of like, they, they couldn't even eat. And so he instructed them to, quote unquote, rest a while. Hmm. And that's in Mark six thirty one. There's patterns like that in the scriptures, uh, no doubt about it. Um, and certainly we should repent of our idols, the, the ones that lead us to burnout. We should repent of our idolization of, of busyness. But still, Jesus, when he got his 12 disciples, like what he didn't do is group them together for a three-year retreat. Hey, come rest, guys. Just come, come, come rest up. Me time, me time. You know, he didn't do that. Instead, he, if you look at it, he engaged them in a demanding ministry. And that's because he wanted them to learn they were through streets, not dead ends, that selfishness is never an ingredient to a healthy life, to growth. At the same time, He's Lord of the Sabbath saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and come away for a while, rest a while. Like, so, so he realizes that there must be rest and rhythm, or the disciples won't make it, because he knows he's sending them out on a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And so what do you guys think about on the practical side of this? I mean, I think we, we've thrown a lot of uh, good stuff at our listeners, and they might be thinking, all right, I, I agree with you, I'm on board but what the heck do I do with this? Like, mm -hmm. how should this impact maybe my day-to-day? -day? So, so, yeah, what do you think this looks like in our lives? I think, I think it's interesting because I think what we've got here is we've got the world identifying a legit problem, mm -hmm. like saying, okay, it's not good that we're burnt out and stressed and that we don't have any margin in our lives. It's just that they, they've prescribed what I think is the wrong solution, like be more selfish is not the right solution. That's never what G the model Jesus gives us. And so what is the right solution? And I often like to think of it instead of self-care, think of it as soul care. Like, hmm. so just change that a little bit to a focus on, you know, how am I truly resting and learning to care for the soul that God has given me and invest in that? Nice. Continuing to play with some words here, like that self-care to soul care, that's gold. Um, rest ought to be short for restoration, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I think in terms of restoration, what is going to restore my life? Or the, the word recreation, that's recreation. So God created me, but I get weary and I need him to recreate me. So recreation is recreation. These are great words. They stand in contrast to entertainment. Mm -hmm. Entertainment, thinking of entertainment in terms of can cotton candy, where, it, wow, it tastes really good, but there's no nutrients and it's gone in a flash, as opposed to restoration, recreation being a healthy diet, wonderfully rich and so tasty, but a healthy diet. And what happens a lot of times when we are feeling burnout, we run towards entertainment mm -hmm. instead of going towards restoration and going towards recreation. And those are the things that really restore us. 
Yeah, I think of like, um, I think of the whole Netflix, like, um, have you ever like just needed a Saturday break and you just binge Netflix for a while and at the end you just feel gross. Even if even if the show was funny or good or whatever, it just feels like I just lost my whole afternoon just binging Netflix. And I feel like it's a that's a good example of what you're saying where we're just so exhausted we run to this thing this entertainment and then in the end we we aren't actually very refreshed. Right. And that when we do that, listen, you got your me time, right? You got a whole day of, of binging Netflix, but were you restored? Was it soul care, as you mm-hmm. said, Shannon? Like, it, maybe not. And so some of this reminds me of Stephen Covey's Four Quadrants. Uh, we did this as a staff team. We looked through the seven, seven habits. And if you remember, like, some of that is he's talking about this issue that we tend to go for entertainment, which would be quadrant four. And I'm not going to unpack the whole thing and bore our listeners right now. But in, in quadrant four, that's not urgent, not important. So it's like watching Netflix. But, but really, restoration is found in quadrant two, where it's not urgent, but it is important. And so there are things that do soul care. Like recently, we preached through the, uh, habits, uh, the, the habits series where we talked about habits of spiritual survival. And we went through these disciplines, and sometimes we think, man, disciplines, that that just sounds like more work. But those things actually do soul care. They actually recreate. They actually restore. And we need those in our life and not just binging Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think there's a fair amount of evidence um, as I listen to different uh, teachers and um, experts that getting outside into nature and mm-hmm. uh, and looking at and being where God has created and then emulating that like when we create and we um, use art or whatever things to create new th- those are things that actually restore us mm-hmm. actually bring so if we're looking for a practical take a half an hour walk instead of watching a half an hour show you know what yeah, I mean absolutely like, and breathing exercises like Sometimes as Christians, we go, well, that just sounds really new agey, you know, psychobabble. Listen, uh, like there's just science to like to take a deep breath uh, can be very restoring relationships. Good. The the gain relationships, not the drain relationships can be very huge. And of course, as believers, as I mentioned, the habits like getting into the word, uh, getting into prayer, all, all these things can add to our life. Other things that come to mind for you, Shan? I think about, uh, you know, God made us body, mind, and spirit. And so I think things that, um, you know, we're we're prone sometimes, I think, to chunk off, like, taking care of our bodies as, like, something worldly or whatever. But I think God has given us our bodies for a reason. And so sometimes exercise or... You know, we think it, to go to the cotton candy illustration in a real, in a realistic sense with food. We think that dessert is going to be so decadent and great, but sometimes I wonder if we shoot ourselves in the foot and we're not taking great care of ourselves because we've had sugar all day long or whatever. Right on. And so, Austin, you've been asking us a lot of questions. I'm going to throw it back at you, brother. Uh, what things do you do for self care? Because I I know. Shana mentioned exercise. I'm trying to imagine your life without exercise. Yeah, yeah that would be God great. help you, Crystal. Yeah. 
Uh, no, it's good. It's it's funny you mentioned Shannon taking walks. So I I'm a runner, so I love to go run. But one of the things during like COVID when everything was shut down, I was running almost every morning or night, and I got to the point I'm like, my body physically cannot run every day. Like it was hurting. So I started walking and I started incorporating, you mentioned the habits, I started doing prayer in my walk. And so once a week, most of the time, Wednesday morning, sometimes other mornings, I'll get up and instead of doing a run, I'll just go walk two or three miles and pray as I do that. And that's been huge, like to do that early in the morning when, you know, it's still dark and right now it's kind of cold and crisp, but to feel just being outside and so that's been huge for me. Um, and I do, you mentioned breathing. I don't get into breathing exercises, but I do stretch every day. And that's nice. been big for me. So just doing like a stretching routine every night, still not flexible worth anything, but I try. So That's huge. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I try. It is. Um, and, and for me, I'm a reader. So, uh, so reading is probably one of the biggest ways I get refreshed. Um, if I have 30 minutes, I... I like to sit and, and read a book, and that usually makes me feel, uh, you know, at times it can get into that same as Netflix entertainment, but I feel like I can I can read and fill my mind with things that are helpful and stuff. So a couple of things I do. But That's great stuff. Sometimes Netflix. And so, brother, I love all that, and I wonder if uh, we could put in the show notes uh, maybe a link to our Habits of Spiritual Survival series, but also a link maybe to our suggested reading, our recommended reading page. Definitely. Yep. Yeah, we'll drop those in the show notes. Good nice. catch. Well, I think, I think it's interesting, too, because this delves into the area of just being self-aware as a person and knowing, like, okay, here's what's going to truly refresh me. Because, you know, you've got 10 people in a room and 10 different things are what is going to... Like, some people would hear reading and think, oh, my gosh, that would not be refreshing to me at all. Or whatever, and so I think it's important to to start to learn yourself well enough to know, okay, here's what I need so that I can truly be refreshed and and ready to serve my family or my friends or coworkers, whatever. So you're gonna say there's a link between self care and self aware. Yeah. Which boy, that just alliterates <laughs> wonderfully. And if somebody's gonna be self aware, come on, Shannon, you, you've gone the whole podcast and haven't said it. <laughs> I think the Enneagram is a great tool to go. help there with that go. process. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think it is important to know, to. I mean, I think a first step in true self care is to identify what what is refreshing to me. What what restores my soul yeah. and gives me the energy I need to move on. And interestingly, most of the things you named cost hardly anything. Absolutely. And yeah. so the, you know, the culture is telling us, spend $200 a month on yourself, when really a lot of those things are very simple practices that you can do in the quietness of your own home. So I teased you about the Enneagram. We were before the podcast wondering if Shannon would go the whole time without mentioning the Enneagram. And you did. <laughs> I, I, did. I forced it on the table, though. And, and the reason why is because for you, a, a big part of self-care was being self-aware. Now, there are tons of tools and resources for that. Enneagram's just one of them. But God used it significantly in your life to make you more self-aware, which led to a lot of self-care. Yeah. And I, for me, there was a lot of comparison where I thought I should be like other people. And so it helped <laughs> me start to realize, like, no... I really love taking a walk, and that's that refuels me, and I need to do that. And so, yeah, I right think on. so. Yeah, that's cool. 
Well, and I love ending with that, just some of those practical things. And um, yeah, and I hope as you listen to this podcast, I hope it's given you uh, some insight into how to practice self-care, not as the world says, but as, you know, as Christians and what the Bible says about taking care of ourselves. So hopefully it was a good conversation. Guys, thanks for being a part of it and sharing your thoughts and wisdom. And hopefully we'll have you back um, for the next episode of Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.